0: On a summer's day in the month of May, a burly bum come a hiking. He was walking our land through the
1: sugar cane. He was looking for a liking. And as he strolled
2: along, he sang a song of The Land of Middle Can Honey.
1: Hey there, this is the Sounds of the Trail podcast, a place where we talk about the ups, downs, and switchbacks of trail life. It's time for a hike.
0: A bum can stay for many a day and he won't need any
2: money. Oh, oh.
3: one of the loveliest places I've been was at Russell Field <laughs> in the winter time there was 10 inches of snow on the ground and there were no leaves on the tree and there was no growth on the ground and it was just Moonlight on the new fallen snow. It was beautiful. It was the best
1: poop I ever had.
3: It was amazing. <laughs> I'm about
1: Welcome back to Sounds of the Trail. This is episode lucky number 13, and I'm your host, Gizmo. This is also the TMI episode Too much information. Poop, pee, hand washing, skin infections, body odor, and menstruation. This episode has a lot. That is, a lot more than you wanted to know. The question we're asking this week is what does hygiene look like for someone with no access to electricity or to plumbing or bathrooms, showers, or even running water? Before we get to that, we're going to do a little podcast business. First, I went on to iTunes recently and found that we now have over 100 five star reviews on iTunes which absolutely blows me away. I wasn't sure when I decided to start this podcast what this whole thing would be. Would it even work to try and produce a podcast when all my collaborators lived in the woods? Would anybody listen? But almost every day I get positive and supportive messages from you all, from all the listeners, on the website or iTunes or the Facebook page, and, you know, every time it blows me away. This has... This has ended up being a pretty big time commitment, and one that I'm actually still still trying to figure out how to fit it into my life in a healthy way. But you all make it worth it. So I just wanted to say thanks, and that we're all feeling the love, and and that's a really big part of why we are still doing this. Second, we are putting together a hiker glossary for the webpage. A lot of hiker jargon gets thrown around on the podcast. You'll hear words like, Zeros, Neros, Trail Magic, Slackbacking, White Blazing, Brown Blazing, Blue Blazing, Pink Blazing, Aqua Blazing, etc. (laughs) We're looking for submissions. So if you have a funny hiker term and a definition for it, we want you to send it to us. You can post your hiker definitions on the comments on the webpage or on the Facebook page, or you can email them to us at SoundsOfTheTrail at gmail.com. And uh, you can actually email us about anything at that that address. It works for everything. Next, we have a new Instagram account. So have you ever wondered what the people look like who are contributing to this podcast and what kind of scenery and and where is this all taking place? If so, you should check us out on Instagram at sounds of the trail. And if you need a little help with that, we'll post a link to that on the website. Let's see other business. Sina has officially gotten off the trail and taken a job in the Adirondacks, working outside at a summer camp, and so we're pleased that she has been able to find a working opportunity that keeps her in the woods and also gives her a time to allow her foot to heal properly. I know she has some plans to do some hiking in the Sierras and possibly the Grand Canyon later this year, and we'll have a more complete update from her in the next episode. Uh, Kimchi. Kimchi is also back off-trail again. She limped through all of New Jersey and then sort of took time to reevaluate how things were looking and realized she needed a little bit more time for her foot to heal. So she is off trail for another three weeks. She has a short-term gig so she can make some money while she's at it. And then she's going to do a flip-flop where she, instead of picking up where she's left off, she's actually going to go all the way to the southern terminus, sorry, all the way to the northern trail terminus, on Mount Katahdin in Maine, and then she's going to head south to hit all those miles that she skipped. Uh, this is a, flip-flopping is a, is a good way to deal with things that come up on the trail that maybe you wouldn't be able to deal with if you tried to do a, a straight through, through hike. And although we typically think of doing a through hike as, as starting at one spot in the country and then hiking straight all the way till you get to the end, being able to break up the trail into sections or flip things around can be a really good way to deal with uh, inclement weather or injuries or family emergencies, and allows a lot of flexibility to hikers. And it can be it, it can be a really good thing. So we're glad that Kimchi has taken taken the opportunity to rework her hike and keep herself on trail. As far as Par Three, uh, I haven't heard from him in a while. So we're out in the woods, walking around without a cell phone service reception. So I'm sure he's crushing it, and uh, we'll hear from him soon. With that out of the way, it's time for some hiker hygiene. Hikers are gross, man. Not only do we not shower, we don't change our underwear, wash our hands, and some of us even have a hard time remembering to brush our teeth. To get started, let's hear from Kimchi with one of the cleanest tigers around, Popsicle. This is Kimchi with
4: Sounds of the Trail, and I am sitting at the Rutherford Shelter. Came across some really, really nice folks who are flip flopping, and which is good because I don't think I have too many interviews with people who are doing that. Flip flopping usually means that you will complete a thru hike, but you kind of jump around the trail a lot which I think is a great idea <laughs> for so many reasons but uh these guys are doing it so I'm gonna introduce you
3: to these wonderful people I'm Popsicle
0: and I'm Phil
1: Minjaro
3: and where are you guys from I'm from Principal, um, Tennessee
4: it's just south of Knoxville and so what um what got you guys to get on the trail and I guess what what's motivating you to be on the Appalachian Trail this year
3: Well, I think for me, hiking is kind of a love-hate relationship. It's kind of very, I don't know, kind of sick because I get out here and I I get frustrated. But then the minute I'm home, I want to be back out here again. It's just, I don't know, it's just one of those crazy things. But um, we decided several years ago that we wanted to do the AT. We just thought we wouldn't get to do it as soon as as we are getting to. Um, And we have a cause that we're hiking for. We're hiking to raise $40,000 for Reach Haiti Ministries um, in the hopes that they can build a school for some of the children down in Haiti. So how does that work uh, when you're raising money for a cause? 'Cause Because I
4: think does it usually go by miles. How do people donate to to something like that, and how did you get involved in that?
3: So far, most of our donations have been just one-time donations, um, but we also have the opportunity for people to do per-mile donations if they'd like to, Um, and most... Most people go to the website. It's Reach Haiti dot org org, <laughs> and um, make a donation through there, or you can go through our website at for org and click on the link. How can I help? And um, make a make an online donation, and it is tax tax deductible. Awesome. Uh, so you guys basically, for every mile you
4: get, some people will donate actual a monetary percentage to help go towards something do you think that helps you kind of keep your motivation while you're hiking or
3: absolutely because I think one more mile one more dollar it it definitely helps nice I very rarely
4: meet uh women
3: (laughs) that I can interview
4: so this Mm -hmm. is a good thing um if you don't mind you can tell me how old you are too because most Mm -hmm. of the women that I do meet are like I don't know just out of high school or college or whatever yeah I'm 47 years old Oh, you look real good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you? So, what? What kind of? We're going to talk about hygiene today. Uh-huh. Um, I think that was our our main main subject. So, what kind of? <laughs> <laughs> what kind of practices do you put in place? You guys seem pretty organized with your hygiene. Uh, what kind of things do you notice are way different being on the trail as opposed to being at home? And how do you deal with some of the different things that come up with being on the trail? What, kind, what are your like worst things that you deal with? What are the, the
3: things you hate the most and what can't you live without? Okay, so I'm thinking, as, as strange as it sounds, privacy is difficult to come by on the trail. We have actually been trying to. We like to dump a bucket of water on us every night, just just as part of hygiene, just because it helps me sleep better. And we've been out in the middle of the woods, in the middle of nowhere, and suddenly a person walks 20 feet from us, and we didn't. We don't realize that there's a trail there. And um, so I think privacy is a big thing, and just hot water. Um, I really miss hot water and <laughs> being able to access it so quickly. Um, those are those are the two biggest things that i miss from being home what kind of routines do you have so like i guess for people who don't hike,
4: they don't really i don't think they realize just how gross it gets um mm-hmm. like i don't shower for days on end my hair is gross you look immaculate so <laughs> you must have something you're you you do not look dirty obviously you guys <laughs> said that you pour a bucket of water do you want to describe what that means because
3: mm-hmm. i think people are imagining that you're carrying a bucket out here well, we have collapsible buckets. They're like a fabric top bucket, and my husband's hiking with me, so it's easy for me to get somebody to pour water on me. Um, but we, we also, he carries a bar of soap, and I carry a bar of shampoo. It's an actual bar of shampoo. So if we get really stinky-stinky, then we can use that as well, but typically we just save that for whenever we're, uh, like, at a hotel or in a hostel or something. Um, but we, we will go down to a spring and fill up the bucket, and it's I think 10 liters, so we can Carry about ten liters of water. Uh, oh wait a minute, it's twenty liters. And um, we'll go find a private place in the woods, if possible. There's not many fig leaves out here, but we'll try to find a private place and just like we'll take turns. I'll dump water on him while he screams, and he dumps water on me while I scream. I did hear this actually. I, I heard them. <laughs> I heard
4: them in the bushes, and I didn't really know exactly what they're doing. But then I kind of put two and two together. Uh, I guess it's nice to have a partner out here. Um, I mean, for my own thing, I noticed, like, after, I don't know, two or three days, I just have this, like, crazy slime on my body, and I just saw your husband cleaning his cuts and stuff like that. Uh, do you want to kind of explain
3: just, like, how we keep things kind of, I guess, what's the, what, sanitary? Oh, gosh. Um, hand sanitizer, I think, is my first line of defense, but <clears throat> I'm using water to rinse my hands off. Um with his, his his heels are cracking open, so he's rinsing them and trying to get some um, antibiotic ointment on them, Band-Aids. It's really tough, especially during the summertime, I think, to, to stay clean and to, I don't know, just to not let your body rot away. It just seems like it might potentially. But I'm a little bit, I don't know, I'm a little bit maybe over the top with it, too. I, I wouldn't call myself a germaphobe, necessarily, but... Maybe close to it. Maybe as close as you can get to it and still love hiking. (laughs) Yeah,
4: I haven't really met anybody as clean as you guys on this trail. Uh, When I was on the PCT last year, there was a guy named Bluesman, and he just always was so clean. I never understood how he was so clean. And especially out here, this trail is just so moist all the time that you Mm -hmm. just have this, like, nasty smell on all of your stuff. These Mm -hmm. guys don't even—they don't smell bad at all. I mean, they seriously look like they just came from town— it's kind of crazy. Um, do you. Uh, what do you. Th- my favorite thing to talk about, I guess, I think all of us sort of talk about privies, uh-huh. which they don't have on the Pacific Crest Trail and they definitely don't have on the Continental Divide Trail. Um, do you want to kind of describe the range of
3: privy land out here? Oh, yes. We've <laughs> been in. Oh gosh, we started rating them zero to 10. The one that's here, I would actually rate it pretty well because the cone has been knocked down. It's obviously been cleaned recently. And by cleaned, I mean, like, you know, the cone has been knocked down and that's all. Why don't you talk to us about the cone? Because
4: seriously, people don't have any idea out there. Okay, so the cone is just a crap. So (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to get to you in a minute.
3: The cone is just where, um, okay, so people go poop in the privy, and it kind of stacks up, and it really literally makes a cone of of poop and toilet paper and the um, mulch because most of the privies out here are moldering or mulching privies. And so you have to throw a handful of some sort of mulching device, like um, they have wood chips here, which is really nice because they're store-bought, but in a lot of places you just pick up leaves or whatever and throw down into the privy. So there's that factor, which adds to the stink factor, um, which I usually have, I wear a buff, and usually when I go into a privy, I yank my buff down over my nose, and I also carry my headlamp with me, because I want to check all the corners for snakes and big, big, big spotters, and um, this privy that's here has a plexiglass roof, and it's fairly new, because it's still clear, and so I didn't have to take in my headlamp, and you know, the cone has been knocked down, it's so it didn't stink too badly. So it was quite a nice experience to go in there, except my knees did kind of touch the door a little bit when I sat down. Um, now that I would say is probably, I don't know, maybe a nine out of 10. <laughs> um, we have been in a privy that the cone had not been knocked down in a very long time. There was no mulch and hadn't been mulch in a while. It was dark and it was scary and I, I couldn't could not stay in there for more than just i couldn't do my business in there i had to go find a different place to do my business because i, I honestly thought i was going to throw up it was disgusting and um, we've been in a privy at tumbling run shelter in pennsylvania that actually had a doorbell on it and it was called they had a, a writing on the inside of the door it was phi kappa crappa no phi phi crappa something i forget what it's called um Pie, pie crap, I think is what it was. I don't remember. Anyhow, it was awesome. It was pretty funny. And they they actually they stocked their own toilet paper there. They stocked their own hand sanitizer oh. there. Uh, yeah, we gave that one. It was still a little bit stinky, so it still only got like an 8 out of 10. We haven't reached the 10 out of 10 yet.
4: So gonna you guys are going to be doing a guide next year on the best privies on the trail then <laughs> for people who brown blaze. <laughs> Brown, but. We 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 say brown blazing like you literally time your poops out to the privies <laughs> along the trail. That's brown uh, blazing. Um, so, like, can you describe the structure? Like, every state has such different privies, and if they're all maintained by different people, mm-hmm. tell me about some of the different structures of the privies.
3: Well, so far the ones that I've seen have pretty much all been standard. Uh, a lot of times, well, okay, well, we had been in one that was probably good grief. It was almost as big as my bedroom. At home, it was it was rather large, and they would they actually had like a toilet seat that was locked and a toilet seat that was unlocked. So you're supposed to use the unlocked one until I guess that one fills up, and then they <laughs> switch the locks. Um, but they're all pretty much the same, the standard uh, hillbilly type, you know, outhouse look to it. Um, most of them have had a plastic seat. I don't think there have been any with just wooden seats. I can't remember any. And we've hiked in Georgia, um, Tennessee, and North Carolina. We've hiked in Maryland, Pennsylvania, and now New Jersey. And they're, they seem all to be fairly close to the same thing. Um, and most of them have been the moldering privies. Yeah,
4: so I, I would say most of them are the same. However, some of them aren't enclosed, which is fun for
3: forgot about that yes okay those are actually even better because you get you get like a nice wind coming through and <laughs> um, although those tend to have more bees yep. which can be frightening because they come up from the bottom and you just feel things <laughs> that shouldn't be there um but when they're when they're open like that it's nice because it's it, it takes some of the smell away and you know you can you can look at the trees and stuff while you go to the bathroom instead of just looking at the cobwebs inside of an enclosed privy
4: Awesome. I'm so glad we just ran through all of the privy, the privy thing. Because, again, on the PCT, we probably would be talking about choosing spots to take a crap, which I'm sure you guys have. And I'm probably going to ask mm-hmm. him about that in a minute. But uh, is there is there anything that you – I mean, for me, I notice that when I go back to civilization, quote, unquote, there are th- certain things that I just forget about because – you don't have it out here. So it's like, I notice I don't wash my, I wash my hair maybe once, once every two weeks or something like that. Cause I'm just so used to being dirty all the time. Mm-hmm. Is there, are there any main differences that you notice for, I mean, if someone wants to start through hiking and they have no idea what they're about to get themselves into hygienically and you being slight germaphobe, do you want to,
3: do you want to cap on anything? <clears throat> um, I think the biggest thing is to make sure that you carry hand sanitizer with you. Um, that's that's the biggie. And I do understand the whole forget-what-to-do-when-you're-in-town thing. We were off the trail for two weeks and went to a friend's house to play bunco. And I'd gotten up that morning, and I brushed my teeth, and I put on my deodorant. And that's pretty much all I did. I went with hairy legs. My hair wasn't combed. I didn't even wash my face that day. And I was... I was in civilization, and I totally I forgot about it because I didn't stink. That was the thing. I think with me, it's the stink and maybe maybe just the feel of the sweat. Um, but if you're if you're wanting to hike, definitely hand sanitizer. We also have um, some pack towels that we bring. It's basically just like a lightweight washcloth that will dry quickly. Um, my husband has a larger one that we can dry off with. Um, I, I bring. I actually have three sets of clothes. I wear one set and I carry two sets. I tried to do it with just wear one, carry one. And I just, I couldn't do it. Man, you
4: guys are like living luxuriously. <laughs> uh, cause I'm, I know I'm going to interview some other hikers and they're going to be like, I have one, two pairs of socks. Um, I have one pair of clothes, mm-hmm. you know, and most of us really stink so bad. <laughs> Again, like these guys got like hydrocortisone cream. They got all kinds. I, I mean, I should just hang out with them cause they really do have everything. Um, Is there any other thing that you would want to say to
3: through hikers regarding hygiene in general? Um, No, but you you made me think when you ask about the places to poop, you made me think (laughs) of one of the loveliest places I've been was at Russell Field (laughs) in the wintertime. There was 10 inches of snow on the ground, and there were no leaves on the tree, and there was no growth on the ground. and It was just... Moonlight on the new fallen <laughs> snow. It was beautiful. It was the best poop I ever had. It was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, for for ladies, I forgot about that. You got a pee rag. I d- oh, no, I actually didn't. I read about the pee rag, and I just I wasn't as sure about it. Um, but what I do have is I have a pee style. And I, I tried several different things. I tried hiking commando. I tried hiking in a skirt just to be able to go tinkle quickly and get back on the trail. And because I'm, I have two children, I'm 47, I pee a lot. So uh, a friend actually found the pee style. I tried the go girl. Girl, girl, go Girl did not work for me. I kept peeing on myself. Um, but the pee style is a hard plastic, as the Go Girl is sort of a silicone and very soft and, and very flexible. So the hard plastic works better for me. I can stand behind a tree and pee like a man.
4: You want to tell people what a pee style is? Because I know what it is. But <laughs> And actually, you're the first woman I met on this trail with that. So. I'm really excited to hear what you're
3: going to say about it. Okay. Well, it's, it's a little bit awkward to talk about, but it's, it's basically like, I don't know, sort of like a funnel or maybe a gutter that you <laughs> use to pee into so that you don't have to pull your pants all the way down and expose yourself. And you can choose to use toilet paper or not toilet paper to dry yourself because you can actually just wipe yourself off and then sling it really hard into the bushes and it kind of throws all the tinkle off of the off of the pee style. It comes with a really cool pouch, mine's blue and purple because I like purple, and <laughs> um, that hangs on the front of my pack so I can I can whip it out as fast as I need to and I can put it back up and I can almost beat him when I have to go tinkle. As as opposed to what used to be a five-minute ordeal of trying to find a bush to squat behind and, you well, know, nice.
4: yeah. Not <laughs> to mention ticks,
3: man. You're probably, like, saving yourself from lots of ticks on your butt. <laughs> and, and potential snakes is, and poison ivy and all kinds of stuff. Because I can just go right on the side of the trail just like the guys do.
4: Nice. Uh, yeah, for all you people out there who never knew what a pee style was, we definitely, us women have stuff that we can use to totally take a pee like a
3: man. Mm -hmm. Do you think you could write your name in the snow? I could at least get half of my name written on, but I'm still, I'm still new at it. And I, sometimes I tinkle on my foot.
4: <laughs> well, I always tinkle on my foot cause I don't use one of those. so <laughs> And I probably got poison ivy on my butt. <laughs> um, and also I guess, you know, aside from the hygiene stuff, uh, what do you think your favorite part of the trail has been so far? What do you think the things have been maybe that have been the most challenging in general? And what would you say to people who aren't hiking out there who are thinking about hiking?
3: Well, so far, the thing that's been the most challenging is, since we're flip-flopping, we started at Harpers Ferry, and we have had so many people pass us doing 30 and 35-mile days, even people who regularly do 20-mile days, and we were just getting our trail trail legs, and it was discouraging to see people fly past us, and for us to be, uh, you know, hiking at a mile, a mile and a half per per hour, and so that was frustrating and I think the other part that, that was kind of frustrating for us, too, was we were, what is Maryland, like 40 miles or something like that. And then you're into Pennsylvania, and then you start getting into the rocks. So here we are still newbies trying to go over these rocks, which are discouraging to even veteran hikers. That that almost broke us right there. But we made it through. We're in Jersey now. We're almost out of the rocks. And I'm really looking forward to Maine. Um, I would. I, I just can't wait to get there. Um, the White Mountains scare me a little bit um, just because I know the weather up there can change and I and I keep looking at the terrain. <laughs> I'm not sure how I'll make that. Um, but I'm also looking forward to going back to Virginia and, and hiking through the Shenandoahs. That's been a dream of mine. When do you think you're going to get there? I'm just curious. <gasps> well, we hope to reach Katahdin, um by the end of September. So it should be... Late September, early October, before we get back to the Shenandoahs. So,
4: since I broke my foot, actually, Mm -hmm. I had to skip a good little chunk so you might actually see me again. So, maybe we'll hike the Shenandoahs together. Good. I know how hard it is to lose people Mm because when I got hurt, I lost a lot of the people that I was hiking with. And, you know, I'm not, I'm a pretty average, I think average through hiker. I can, you know, average at like 20 to 25 miles a day, and people fly by me or they're going too slow too, Mm -hmm. for sure. Um, what's been your favoriteist favorite part of the trail so far?
3: Oh, goodness. Um, I really liked Annapolis Rocks because that was pretty early on. We had, there were actually five in our group at that time. We were hiking together. It was a good time for us to spend <clears throat> and just, I don't know, hang out a little bit together instead of just the, the typical daily grind of, you know, I'll see you later at the shelter or whatever. Um, I, so I liked Annapolis Rocks. It was beautiful. Um... I think one of the other things that I like about hiking is just the alone time that I get. I spend a lot of time just praying and trying to work through things, you know, issues. Everybody has issues. So, you know, just work through issues that I have. So it gives me a lot of time to, to, a lot more time on the trail to spend praying and meditating than I would ever have at home.
4: Yeah, I feel kind of similarly. I'm usually out there for a long time by myself, just thinking and thinking about things I can change and thinking about things I'm really grateful for. Um, What so what do you have to say to anybody who's thinking about through hiking? And I hate to bring your age up again, but Mm -hmm. I feel like it's important because a lot of the people that I meet on the trail are just really young and like. I don't know. That's like, seems like a natural progression of things. Like Mm -hmm. you just get out of high school or college and you go figure things Mm -hmm. out on the trail.
3: Right. Um, I would say, especially to, to women who most of, I can't even get most of my friends to go camping, car camping with me because they've got to have, you know, all the makeup and all the hair stuff. And I just feel like that's a trap for women. It, it's sort of, it's sort of, I don't know, it's sort of like a prison for women. Um, it's it's a thing that you don't have to have. You can do without. You can you can go out and have other experiences besides putting on some pretty pink lipstick and some eyeshadow. shadow. Um. And and I and I get the hygiene thing. I don't like to stink. I do get that. I totally get that. But there are there are ways around it. And if you if you want to experience a beautiful sunrise or pooping in the moonlight or you know just things that you would not experience at home, you know. There's so much out there. I would say just try to give up some of the stuff that you're entrapped by and, and you know, t- take a step. It could even be your job. I, I was able to take sabbatical from my job through almost the first semester of school to do this. And, and I know everybody can't afford to, but even if you, you know, do a weekend hike or whatever, you'll see things that you, that most people have not seen. Nice.
4: Well, that was a wonderful interview. Thank you so much for your time. And thanks for being like one of the only few ladies I've gotten to interview. And I'm really excited that you said all that stuff about lady things because I do, I feel like, I feel like that does stop a lot of women from getting out here. And I think one of my favorite parts about the trail, and I always tell people this, is the leveling ground. It feels almost like there's no gender out here. People mm-hmm. are very even, and people help each other out. And, I mean, hey, you got a pee style, you That's know? Right. <laughs> <laughs> so you can probably pee quicker and better than most of the dudes out here. Um, so I really appreciate the time that you gave me, and mm-hmm. then thanks a lot. You're
1: For myself, I would have to say that my own best poop ever uh, took place in Southern California on top of a mountain. It was great. It really was. I always appreciate hearing from hikers who have found ways to hike the kind of hike that they want. That does not look the same for everybody, as we will hear in our next section. Let's hear from Kimchi again. This is Kimchi with Sounds of the Trail. I got two
4: lovely ladies to interview for this really exciting topic about what hikers do on the trail to deal with being extremely and utterly filthy pretty much smell like barf all the time, and just how we deal with stuff, so uh, why don't I start and introduce you? Hi, I'm Nettle. <laughs> Nettle, how old are you, where are you from, and what brings you to the Appalachian Trail? I am 29.
0: I'm from, I like to say West Virginia, but I grew up in Ohio. I'm from all over, I guess, and I've always wanted to hike the AT since forever, basically, so here I am, finally. When did you start? Started on May 1st. And yeah, so we've been out here about two and a half months.
4: And you guys are making some nice miles. (laughs) Um, All right. So I guess what I've been asking people is sort of just like basically what, what kind of hygiene stuff comes up for you and like, I don't know, how you deal with it. And then we'll move on to like what things you can't live without and stuff like that. I mean, I've never had a big problem with
0: being dirty. Um, like, I work on a farm, you know, I don't have a problem with dirt. Hiking all day, obviously we develop some more smells and there's the sweat issue where you like get covered in sweat and then your clothes are salty and so they don't really ever dry. And especially sleeping on hot nights, like being sweaty at night makes it hard for me to sleep. So like, there are advantages to washing. I'd say I take a sh- an actual shower about once a week when we stay at a hostel or something. When we first started the trail, I definitely like washed in streams more. Um I still do that sometimes, you know, get off the top layer at least. But yeah, I, I do like the one thing that bothers me a little bit is that I, I wish I could wash my hands more because that feels a little bit gross, but
4: it's kind of gross, but
0: whatever. I also hike barefoot a lot, so my feet are always dirty, but um, that, that doesn't bother me at all.
4: Barefoot hiking. I, I think we need to talk about that for a second. There are uh, so many rocks right now. And my friend, you know, someone who was listening to the podcast was asking me to kind of describe our surroundings a little bit more. So why don't you tell me about barefoot hiking and like, I don't know how it works for you and how it doesn't work sometimes. So
0: I love going barefoot in general. So like I didn't start when I started the trail. Um, I've been going barefoot off and on for years, so I do have fairly tough feet, so you kind of have to work up to that, I think. As far as callus and also just as far as, like, strength of your feet, if, if you're not used to walking barefoot, then your feet aren't, like, you know, strong in that way. But, but yeah, it works for me for the most part. I'm not trying to be, like, super hardcore about it and bike, like, the whole trail barefoot. I thought about doing that, but... I'm hiking with my sister, so we're kind of on a timeline, and we're trying to finish in four months. And I definitely hike slower when I'm barefoot. So, like, as a compromise, I do wear shoes sometimes on the, like, harder bits. Um, I actually don't find the the big rocks are sometimes even easier when I'm barefoot, because I get better
4: grip. Like, small gravel, though, is really annoying. I guess so, man. That sounds like it would be painful. So... We haven't talked too much about lady hygiene on the trail and it's, it's comfortable. It's up to you if you're comfortable or not to talk about it. And uh, uh, the reason we're really even doing this is because there are a lot of people who don't hike and who want to through hike and they have no idea what to expect when it comes to getting on the trail. Um, like for me, when I first, when I did my first through hike, I don't know what I was thinking. I thought I'd be like able to clean myself a lot more or even that I'd care about it more. Are you noticing any, like, big differences now that you've been on the trail for a while, as far as your hygiene goes? I mean, it's not really as
0: much of an issue as I thought it would be. We carry toilet paper that pretty much takes care of it. As far as, like, any items, you obviously have to pack those out. (laughs) And that's, you know, a little bit gross, but whatever, you deal with it. And, yeah, I don't know. I haven't actually found that to be as much of a problem as, like, the, like, sort of dragging, lack of energy that you have to deal with. As far as that goes.
4: Yeah, no, that's not, that's not fun for sure. What about, let's see, like in general, overall hygiene, like I don't know. I think on the trail, I probably brush my teeth way less than I normally do <laughs> in regular life. My nails, I don't, they're really gross. And I mean, I think you were like made a little like comment to like how you used to wash in the stream a lot more than you do now. Um, I don't even do that. I'm so lazy. I like wash my socks and that's it. And I barely do that. But, uh, so what, like, do you, are you noticing like any change in your hygiene or like any kind of rituals or routines that you go through? I mean, I definitely,
0: I feel like I still try to brush my teeth. doesn't happen every night. I don't floss as often as I should. And I feel like that is still important. And as far as hygiene goes like that, especially the amount of like, um, sugar and stuff that I eat on the trail that I wouldn't normally like, that's not so great for my teeth. And I hope I don't have to like you know, go back and deal with all the consequences, like a bunch of tooth decay. But, so I do try and keep brushing my teeth, even though I'm not as regular about it as I should be. So that has changed some, but I'm trying to be better about it. Uh, as far as, like, things like dirty fingernails, I was never that great at keeping <laughs> those clean. Um I do find that I, like, don't take the time to cut my nails as often as I should. <laughs> so that's kind of, you know. Yeah, like I said, I, I worked on a farm, so my nails were, like, pretty much always dirty anyway, so...
4: So a lot of people think they need to carry a lot of stuff uh, on the trail. Tell me, I don't know, a couple of things that you thought maybe you might need, and then you got out here and you're like, oh, my God, I don't even need this.
0: Well, I'm still carrying sunscreen, and I never really use that because we're under the trees all the time, and I have a hat. So, like, I've used it a couple times. I used it some early on when, you know, the leaves hadn't come out, but I don't really know why I'm still carrying it. Um, yeah, I'm trying to remember some of the things I actually ditched which was definitely some stuff. I mean, I definitely started out with, like, carrying five liters of water, and then I realized, oh, actually, I don't need to carry this much at once. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I'm trying to think of something else. Probably, I'm probably still carrying stuff that I don't need.
4: Even just hygiene-wise, like, I think a lot of people will bring deodorant or... Um, I
0: tried to keep it pretty bare bones to start with. So I did not bring deodorant. I did not bring shampoo. I I, I had a little bottle of Dr. Bronner's, which I used half of and then left somewhere accidentally. So like, I don't even have that now. I steal some of my sister's Dr. Bronner's from time to time to <laughs> wash my socks. But yeah, I I did not bring a lot of that. I didn't bring nail clippers. I didn't bring. Yeah, like I have pared down my stuff some, but I started out with not a whole lot.
4: Nice. So yesterday we heard from a woman who brings, like, everything under the sun. Now we got someone who pretty much doesn't do, doesn't bring anything. And uh, most of us, I would say, are pretty minimalist. But everyone has their own sort of toiletry bag, is what I've noticed, for the morning. <laughs> uh, I've seen some really interesting ones. What does yours consist of? I've got my toothbrush and some dental floss, toothpaste.
0: I also have toilet paper. That's important. Sometimes, um, <laughs> what else is in my toiletry bag? I do have hand sanitizer. I have a comb, although I don't actually use it to comb my hair. I brought a pair of hair cutting scissors, and so like I do trail haircuts. If anybody wants one, what? and I also cut my own hair. I think it actually needs a trim right now.
4: It looks good. <laughs> um, thanks.
0: So, yeah, I have a bunch of other random stuff in my toiletries bag. That's all jumped dumped together, like my sewing kit. So that doesn't really count feminine hygiene products. I have that too. That's about it. Yeah. Cause I lost my soap. So
4: (laughs) nice. Well, now that we've talked about your hygiene, we probably might be best friends. Actually, this is like a common thing on the trail. I think people usually talk about hygiene and poop pretty often. Those are like common, common things (laughs) that we talk about. Um, aside from hygiene, you are hiking with your sister. And what made you, what made you guys hike together? And also, um, we'll kind of move on to some general sort of questions about the trail too.
0: Um, we're hiking together because, well, I, like I said, I wanted to hike the AT for a long time and I decided that this was going to be the year that I was going to do it. And I, I actually have three sisters and I sort of put out there to all of them, you know, hey, do you want to come hike the trail? I'd rather not do it by myself. It'd be fun to do it together. And we all grew up sort of, you know, outdoorsy we went hiking not on big backpacking trips but definitely day trips and um, my sister this sister my older sister was the one who said sure she's up for it and here we are nice
4: awesome um what are your what are what are your favorite parts about being on the trail so far like what are the best kind of things the highlights of being on the trail and it can be as broad or as many as you want just i
0: actually really like living in the woods um and and also like finding out what my body is capable of like pushing yourself and realizing that oh i can walk 20 miles a day maybe this is what our bodies are kind of designed for actually and i mean i also love just like all the beautiful places we've been through and seeing the change in landscape and the change in seasons and besides that which i didn't actually think about even though i know knew there would be other people out here is the um just like the social aspect and the community that's here and you know the fact that you meet people and get to know them pretty quickly and then maybe you hike on but like you make new friends all the time and everybody takes care of each other regardless of whether they've known them for an hour or for a week you know if somebody needs water we're going to give it to them you know and they've helped us out too so yeah the community is something that's really special and the support from the outside community for the
4: trail is also really great You're a good positive ball there. Uh, what, what are some like harder things that you maybe didn't foresee or just some things that have been harder for you in general on the trail? Um,
0: not a big fan of mosquitoes. And I don't know. I mean, there's obviously injuries, you know, stuff comes up and then, and then like I want to be able to go farther, but my knees won't let me or my feet won't let me and that's frustrating but you gotta like just listen to your body I guess but that's that could be hard and I mean I don't know everybody has bad days sometimes I just don't want to walk up that mountain or the heat is a problem too like I have trouble when it's really hot um hiking in the heat so I get overheated sometimes and I need to like again slow down cool down
4: so there's yeah there's plenty of plenty of challenges <laughs> if you had to tell anybody who wasn't through hiking or isn't hiking but who's thinking about it any piece of advice or just anything what would you tell them I would say absolutely you can do it if I can do it you can it
0: doesn't take a superhero you just have to want to do it and kind of believe in yourself and some advice that we got from other folks along the way which we actually had a lot of good advice um, is never quit on a bad day Be wise, not brave, and you
4: don't look like a quitter.
1: (laughs) Some solid advice from Nettle. Now let's hear from our sister, Briar.
4: Hey, this is Kim Chi with Sound of the Trail, and I am sitting here with Briar. Um, Briar's hiking with our sister, Nettle, and they are making some pretty good time today, but I'm going to let her introduce herself.
5: Hi, I'm Briar.
4: Briar, how old are you and where are you from?
5: I am 31. I grew up in Ohio. I currently live in Ann Arbor, Michigan.
4: Nice. So, you sat here through an interview that we already did, so you know some of the questions, but what kind of things do you deal with with hygiene on the trail? Do you have any sweet challenges, any things you can't really live without? Um, just how do you kind of deal with certain certain things on the trail, and how does it differ than your regular life?
5: Well, in my regular life, I like to have a shower every day. And out here, I shower about once a week, which I did not like at all to begin with. I felt really dirty, but I feel like my body's just sort of adjusted to it, and I'm used to being dirty now. You don't look there dirty. <laughs> are moments when I can actually smell myself. They're rare. They are not pleasant. I um have described it as like dirty socks that have been at the bottom of the laundry basket for a week.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
5: so... Um, I feel bad when we're around, like, day hikers because, you know, we usually can't smell ourselves, but they can smell us. I don't know that there's anything I can't live without out here. I mean, I do have some soap. I do like to take a shower when I get the chance. I brought a comb with me. I haven't used it since Fontana Dam.
4: Which is, for people who are not hiking, how far away is that?
5: Uh, hundreds of miles, uh, a thousand, a thousand miles, something like that. Yeah. I think it was it in is. the, we, we got there in the first two weeks. So, and we're now two and a half months in. What are you still carrying
4: this comb for? If you haven't used it for a thousand miles,
5: I just haven't abandoned it yet. I haven't thought of it. Oh, my sister stole it so she can give people haircuts. Uh, she tells me, I don't know. I don't know. I haven't cut all my hair off. It just doesn't tangle that much, run my fingers through it, braid it. Actually, my sister braids my hair for me. That's why I brought her.
4: Uh (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like she brought you, actually, And she said she has to hike barefoot so you can keep up with her.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) She's
5: a little slow when she's barefoot. It's true. Um, And she did sort of bring me, um, and I remind her to eat, so we each have our rolls here.
4: So that's really good. Uh, do you, I don't know, I'm just trying to think of like other differences that, cause we kind of take it for granted out here. Like, how many times do you shave your armpits? Zero. How often do you brush your teeth? Usually once a day. I how try. often, how often do you floss? Never. <laughs> <laughs> this is getting fun. <laughs> how often do you think you trim your fingernails?
5: For a while, I was doing it once a week on Thursdays, Um, (laughs) but then I lost track of the days of the week, so I usually do it when one of them tears at this point.
4: Man, all right, how about the toenails?
5: When they get long enough that they start running into my shoes.
4: How often do you wash your socks?
5: I try and wear clean socks every day.
4: Nice, that's a good one.
5: Sometimes I wear them for two days, but I get blisters if they're not clean.
4: So, uh, a lot of people ask me this. How do you, how do you go about washing your clothes? When do you wash your clothes? And as far as socks go, how do you do that if you're getting clean socks every day?
5: Uh, well, I'll wash my socks in streams, uh, other clothes sometimes in streams, but we usually try and go into town and do laundry once a week or so. It's been a little longer than that at this point. Uh, so if we can, you know, do a hot wash and dry, that's great. Have everything not smell like dirty socks for a little while um yeah how often do you wear
4: deodorant Mm, I think I have (laughs) once in Damascus and let's talk about real quick town hygiene versus trail hygiene do you notice that when you go into town you do anything different than you normally do on the trail I take a shower if I get the chance nice
5: um I, I still enjoy showers it's nice to be clean but I have noticed that if we're in town for a couple days, I'll usually still t- just take one shower. Yeah. It doesn't, you know, I still feel pretty clean the next day, and we're just going to hike and get sweaty anyway, so.
4: Um And then, let's see, what, after these people walk away, I'm going to ask you this kind of personal question. While we probably talk about this kind of stuff all the time, I'm sure most regular people don't want to hear us talking about pooping. <laughs> And the next question I'm about to ask you, which is, uh, hold on a second here. God, how many kids do you have? <laughs> what uh, what do think you? About something else in the meantime. Well, we could talk about what other stuff can we talk about? We already talked about your socks. Actually, yes. you look really, really clean. I'm not clean. Look how look at this. Yeah, dirt. you should see these guys. They both and look so clean. Dirt. I look like,
0: can you show you my pack sores? No way. You look,
4: you look great. Pack sores. All right. How do you, let's talk about that when real I quick. Fell down. How do you deal with keeping injuries clean on the trail? That's a big one. Uh, we
5: carry like neosporin. Um, we have, I have some wet wipes. Usually we just actually use them for like cleaning injuries. If we cut ourselves, gauze, tape, we do have a first aid kit and we use that stuff.
4: Nice. Some people definitely have talked about just how hard it is, uh, for foot maintenance and blister care and stuff like that. Um, and I actually had some nice infections last year when I was hiking. Do you take any kind of special precautions for your blisters?
5: I have been putting duct tape on my feet where I'm starting to get, when I'm starting to get blisters, and that helps some. I haven't had too much trouble. More actually in the last 400 miles, I'd say, than I did in the first 900 or so. Yeah, I've been lucky with blisters, but just bandage them up, cover where they start. Somebody get me some blister wool, just just wool you put over it I and see. it cushions.
4: <laughs> That's pretty nice. Blister wool. There's all kind there are products for every single thing when it comes to hiking. So what I was going to ask you is um since again I hardly ever get the chance to interview women There are a lot of guys on the trail, and I'm usually in a pack of men and boys. Um, What do you, if you feel comfortable talking about it, what do you do about good old lady times? Um, That one week of the month that just seems to destroy everything for most people.
5: So, it hasn't been as bad as I thought. Um, Again, this is what my sister said, but um, it's not... The first month, I felt really gross and really dirty. And then I seem to have just gotten used to being gross and dirty i guess <laughs> yeah i mean i carry tampons pads we can if i can get a shower that week that's really nice oh, yeah um if i can get a couple showers that's even better uh yeah we th- those things i do pack out um because toilet paper will eventually turn into dirt tampons won't
4: yeah plus those are not fun to find no and anybody who's listening to this you need to pack that stuff out <laughs> Because I don't think anyone wants to find it. Not me, not a raccoon, <laughs> not a dude, not a kid. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, you really can't bury
5: it deep enough that something's not going to dig it up. So don't do that.
4: <laughs> so a lot of people like to, I'm just going to put this in there for good fun and good measure. People who don't hike and people who do hike love to freak out about wildlife. Um I'm pretty sure that like guys won't hike with you. <laughs> If you have a period, because you're going to attract bears. What do you say about that?
5: Uh, I'm
4: talking about packing your, your tampons out, too. This is why, because you're essentially carrying it with you, which is what I do.
5: That has not come up before. Usually I
4: don't tell people that
5: I have my
2: period. <laughs>
5: <laughs> so, I, you know, we haven't had that many problems with bears. I don't think... That's I mean, our I packs smell like people. Our we smell like food. We smell like dirt. We smell very human. They can tell where we are. I don't think it makes much of a difference.
4: Yeah, you hear that? This is what I'm saying. So, for all you crazy people out there who are so worried about this, you need to calm down. This is first-hand experience from ladies who have been on the trail for how many months have you been on here?
5: Uh, we started May 1st, so two and a half.
4: Two and a half months. So, yeah, they know. They didn't get killed by bears yet. It's all good. Just chill out. But definitely pack all your stuff out. So, um, what do you think were your favorite parts of the trail so far? Uh, I really love
5: Georgia, actually, which is where the trail starts, for anybody who's not familiar with that. Uh, Smoky Mountains were great. Um, New Jersey's not bad, actually, especially after the foot-biting rocks in Pennsylvania. <laughs> but I don't think there's a part that I really haven't liked. Virginia hated us, <laughs> but there were still part, beautiful parts of that. And by hated us, I mean we had a hailstorm. We got caught on tops of mountains and thunderstorms. I fell down. You know, everything happened in Virginia that could.
4: <laughs> so uh your sister mentioned some good stuff about community, too. Like, what other high points, what kind of experiences have you really enjoyed on the trail? Do you have any, like, overall great, great experiences or, or something that you really like that you probably wouldn't have, um, picked up in regular life. I mean, I think just all the people out here that,
5: you know, just walking up to a camp and people just say hikers and you're part of the group, you're part of the party, <laughs> sit around the fire, make friends. Maybe you'll see him tomorrow. Maybe you won't, but you know, there's a lot of fires that I'll remember and just the people around them. Maybe I don't, didn't even learn their names, but you know, I'll always remember the tall section hiker who like shared his snacks. <laughs> <laughs>
4: awesome uh so what kind of challenges maybe have you found yourself having uh and this the main reason why I ask these questions is because a lot of people who aren't through hiking don't really it's kind of a different experience and we take it for granted I think you just get into the mode of things all the time when you finish your trail uh when you finish your hike you're going to remember a lot of these things Mm -hmm. so I'm just curious as to where you're at right now like what kind of challenges have you had or maybe something that wasn't necessarily a positive experience.
5: Um, I guess hiking with another person is always a challenge because you have to, I mean, it's great and I wouldn't want to be doing it any other way. I think we've gotten as far as we have as fast as we have because we are hiking together, but you have to adjust for each other. If one of you's going slower or is more tired, you have to take that into consideration. Um, other challenges, something hurts all the time. <laughs> Um, pain is just part of it. Uh, exhaustion. I get towards the end of the day, I get really tired, but we're doing big miles. So usually I still have to go another five to eight miles after I hit that wall. And that can be hard.
4: Yeah. that's good. But
5: I can still do it, you know, and I know that at this point that, yeah, my feet hurt and I could just like sit down at the side of the trail and fall asleep right now. But I know that I don't have to and I keep going
4: nice so do you have anything that you want to say to people out there who have never hiked people who do hike just anything at all you can say whatever you want at this point
5: get out in the woods it's another world nice
4: well thank you guys for taking the time they're actually going into town to resupply so i'm really lucky that they gave me this time because they're trying to Make some miles to get to a post office. So much appreciated to you guys. Thanks for being like two of the only women I've interviewed. <laughs> and keep crushing the miles. This is Kimchi, and I'm out.
1: As far as menstruation, all the ladies so far on today's show use tampons and just pack them out, which seems to work well enough for a lot of people. Uh, it's a uh, definitely an option. But for myself, I have not used a tampon since 2007. I was doing some online research in 2007 to pack for the Peace Corps when I first heard about these things called menstruation cups. And I was like, hold on. What? You mean there's there's another option? I'd never even heard of this. Anyhow, I was curious, so I ordered myself a Diva cup. And I've never looked back. I know that these do not work for everyone, but I've used one for two years in the Peace Corps, in the jungle, and five months on the trail, and years and years of regular life. And if you haven't tried one of these out, or heard of them, or used one, you should look into it and give it a shot. (laughs) Moving on from menstruation. Uh, One of the other things that Briar mentioned is the difficulty of keeping wounds clean. Our next interview is with a hiker I met last year on the trail, and he's here with a cautionary tale. Uh, Why don't you go ahead and and just introduce, like, where you're from and how old you are, if you don't mind, and your background as a hiker.
2: You know, living in Washington, I've done a fair bit of, of scrambling and hiking around here. But I've never done a backpacking trip longer than about four or five days. So the PCT, I was kind of a rookie Long distance backpacker, I guess you could say. So even with the rookie status for long distance, you know, I was still able to complete the trail more or less, and uh, learn quite a few things while I was doing it. To answer for your, you know, I'm not that I'm disclosing. I'm in my early fifties.
1: Great. Well, this this week's episode is the the too much information episode. Uh, We're talking about all the gross things that hikers do with themselves when we remove ourselves from civilization and the, the guiding force of other people's opinions. What did your... Yeah,
2: well, I'm happy to share some of that. I'm always, I'm always good at TMI.
1: How did your hygiene routine and how you took care of yourself differ from your regular life out on the trail?
2: Um, well, <laughs> I made some mistakes, and I learned some things as I went on. One of the things that I... You know, I tried to stay pretty clean pretty early, and this kind of gave up, you know, for a while. Um, I say pretty clean because uh, down in the desert, it, you're just dirty all the time. Everything's dirty and you sweat a lot, right? Um, and you get a little stinky. But there were things like, uh, you know, I'd I'd read a bunch of the books and talked to other hikers, you know, kinds of beginner hiker. You always get all these, you know, I did my research and all the other stuff. But, you know, the thing that I learned on the trail is, you know, the the classic hike your own hike all that stuff is somebody else's experience and you need to pick the pieces of advice out of it that work for you. But just because it worked for somebody else doesn't mean it's going to be right for you. I I saw the full range of people are like, Hey, look, you're just going to get dirty. Don't worry about it. And I also saw advice from people saying, you know, you need to spend a lot of time cleaning up every day. You got to brush your teeth. You got to do all the things that you would, as many things as you can try to do at home to stay clean as you can. And, for me, I was probably somewhere in between. So early on, the one thing that I did do that I made sure was I did take the toothbrush, and I made sure that I, that I did the teeth at least once a day. But I was pretty careful to brush. Um, the one thing I did not do very often as far as dentalize, I didn't floss very often. I had dental floss along, A, because you want to use it as dental floss, B, because it's a good repair material if you need to stitch something together, right? So, but... Every night, I'd look at my fingers and go, I don't want to put those in my mouth. <laughs> They're too dirty. I probably It's probably worse to stick those fingers in my mouth than it is to just go without flossing. <laughs> Other stuff, I did not use deodorant. You know, I, I'd read all this. Oh, it's just extra weight, and it just smells, and it's just... And, it, you know, at first, that kind of bugged me, uh, but then I just got used to it, and everybody else around me is, you know, thru-hikers have their own scent, which, uh, you know, you just get kind of used to it. You're like, it, and so is everybody else. I, and I always thought it was apocryphal. You know, you'd hear, uh, Oh, you can smell, you know, day hikers coming along. And I'm like, Oh, that's baloney. But it turned out to be true. I, it's for a, for a while at the beginning, I let my feet kind of go dirty, especially in the desert because there just wasn't any water or I didn't want to use the water. I didn't want to waste it on washing my feet. And, uh, I learned that was a big mistake. Right. You need to uh you need to keep the feet clean. That was one of the problems that I had later on and I paid for it. Probably the worst health problem that I had uh happened going into the Sierras, leaving uh Kennedy Meadows. We did Whitney, Mount Whitney for sunrise. But we went up there at midnight and you know, got up there for the sunrise. And I noticed that my throat was getting a little scratchy and my nose was starting to run a little bit, but I just figured, well, that was just, you know, it's just early morning, you know, when you're out hiking and it's, you know, that's just what happens. The mucus membranes go wild, right? So I got up the next morning and I was so congested. I I was coughing all night. I was hacking. I'm like, I cannot believe it. I'm out in the middle of nowhere here and I've got a cold. But the thing is it was more than a head cold because two or three days later, um i'm just had green goop just pouring out it will you know i was just so congested and i'm like wow this is one of the worst colds i've ever had and you know i've got it while i'm trying to go over a thirteen thousand foot mountain pass and i'm like that's great timing but as i was coming down into uh, uh on the other side of forester pass um you know, into Vedette Meadows, I got down there, and uh, uh, Sarge and some of the guys that were there did some. were doing some trail magic, you know, the guys that dress up like the Canadian Mounties were there that weekend, and, and when I sat down there, uh, I had noticed as I was walking that the front of my my shin uh, on my right leg was uh, getting kind of uh, pinkish-reddish, and it was getting kind of sore and tender, and, and it was starting to get a little swollen, And I kind of wondered, well, did I hit it on a rock or something? Is it a bruise or what's going on here? But uh, so uh, the the group I was hiking with uh, decided to go on. And I I decided I was too sick and I needed to come out and take a couple of days and and try to heal up a little bit down in either Lone Pine or Bishop. We made it down to Independence, and uh, I was trying to decide, you know, where do I go? And right then Rock Ocean pulls up, you know, in his little VW bus and goes, hey, do you guys need a ride? We're like, perfect. We went into Bishop, so I went to a hotel, and uh, the next morning, my leg is really kind of, not quite burning, but it was definitely warm, and it was definitely kind of sore, and it was kind of, you know, it was turning more reddish at this point on the front, and I'm like, well, that's weird. I'm like, is it shin splints? And I said, no, I had shin splints, you know, in college when I played sports. That's not shin splints, and I don't think it is, and I wonder if I got a stress fracture or something, you know, where I didn't remember running into anything. I couldn't understand why I was getting all red. So I go down to the little continental breakfast, and there's a woman there with this little pin on, a little RN, you know, the little nurse's pin that they have. And I kind of looked at her. And I said, oh, are you a nurse? She goes, I am. I said, well, you'd make a lot of money on the PCT right now. <laughs> and she goes, she says, what's the PCT? So I had to explain it to her. And she goes, why would I make money? I said, because everybody out there at this point, the group I'm hiking with apparently is either sick or wounded right now. So, And she looks at me, and she kind of laughs. She goes, and what's your problem? And I point down to my leg, and she looks at it She goes, oh, dear. She goes, honey, you need to go see a doctor. And I said, why? She goes, you've got compartmentalized edema. And I'm like, what's that? She goes, that's a blood clot. Well, I ended up going with a couple hours later, I went and met uh, uh my friend who had taken the tumble and he had decided that he was going to quit and go home. And he couldn't come up with anything that didn't involve 16 hours worth of, you know, uh small plane connections and hitchhiking and everything. And as I had walked over to meet him, I had walked by a enterprise rental car place. And I said, and I said, look, I'll just rent a car. We'll just drive up to Reno. Let's just go up there. It's like 270 miles from here or something. I said, but you can go to the airport I'll go to a you know, to a doctor up there to a you know, to a bigger hospital, find out what's going on here because they're probably gonna have to do a you know, an ultrasound. He goes, perfect. So we went up there, dropped him off, I went over to the hospital and went in, um, you know, explained what was going on. I was a PCT hiker and they um took me to the exam room and uh they said, Well, we're gonna do an ultrasound to see if you have a blood clot. The doctor comes in and says, well, he is, we uh, we couldn't find any blood clot. You're all clear. So then he walks around to the end of the table, and he looks at the bottom of my feet, and he stops, and he says, good Lord, what have you been doing? And I explained it all over again, you know, says that on the PCT, I've been doing all this stuff, like I already explained to five other people, and he takes, he puts on his gloves, and he takes out a scalpel, and he starts cutting away at the bottom of my feet, and he goes, can you feel that? And I said, no, not really. I said, I've got blisters under, calluses under blisters at this point. And he starts cutting out kind of this blackish-greenish goop out of the bottom of my feet. And he goes, and he kind of looks at me, and he goes, you've got cellulitis. And I said, well, look, Doc, you know, I'm, you know, middle-aged, and, you know, we all get a little cottage cheese butt at this age, I'm sure. And he kind of rolls his eyes, and he says, not cellulite, cellulitis. And I'm like... Enlighten me, doctor. I don't know what that is. He goes cellulitis is a bacterial infection, and he said ninety percent of the cases happen in men, and they usually happen in lower extremities of you know so either in the lower arm or the lower leg, and he goes what happens is men get a little cut and he kept he kept saying men right like you know look at me like you're a typical idiot male right and he goes. You get a little cut and you get an infection in it because you don't wash it and clean it. You just let it go and you figure, well, it'll heal up. It's not a big deal. And he goes streptococcus, staphylococcus, the two most common bacteria that you'll get. And they, what what they'll do is they make their way through the skin layer pretty quickly. And then once they get in a little ways, then they dive down. And once they dive down you know, they can start getting near, into your other systems, your lymph nodes, other stuff, then you've got some really serious problems. I realized, well, where would it, Either it was infected blisters or the other part that I wondered is I realized when I was at Kennedy Meadows, I was walking around in my foot flops and I cut my toe and I didn't do much. You know, I washed it off a little bit with my water bottle and put a Band-Aid around it, but I didn't put any antibiotic, you know, I didn't put any Neosporin or anything else like that on it. I just kind of let it go. That was the turning point for me when I started to realize I needed to take much better care of my feet than I was. That was the that was probably the scariest thing that happened to me as far as the as far as hygiene and health and learning that uh, I needed to, to pay more attention to my feet. That you couldn't just be dirty all the time.
1: Remember, hikers, your feet are your connections with the earth. Take care of those things. I only had one pair of underwear for hiking, but I had three pairs of socks. Also, I'm not going to tell you to floss, but hikers, please brush your teeth. Sorry to sound like your mom, but but seriously, one of the last things I did before I got on trail was have my very first root canal, and you don't want to have one of these on the trail. That's all we have for today. The podcast was having some feed issues with some of our early episodes no longer showing up in iTunes or Stitcher, but I think I have that resolved. So, until next week.
0: On the big rock candy mountain, you never have to change your socks. Little streams of alcohol come a chicken in through the rocks. All the railroad bulls at the tip of their hats, and the railroad bulls are blind.
2: There's a little lake of stew and a whiskey too. You can paddle all around it in your big canoe. On the big rock candy mound, I on I'm the big rock. The...